Coming up this week, off-screen. Spider-Man comes home to Marvel. Terror comes at night for Joel Edgerton. Shirley MacLaine has the last word. Tommy Morris is all about his honour. Catherine Deneuve meets the midwife. Terrence Malick goes song to song. Millennials power a human surge. Stephen Dorff is an American hero. British Mumblecore brings a change in the weather. And we encounter the only bank small enough to jail. All of come and more off-screen. This is... This is Offscreen. Offscreen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. What an off-screen I'm back on. I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, it's been a big week. Uh, there's lots of film stuff happening. Uh, yeah. There's there's news to cover. There's, uh, there's reviews to do. As usual. There's a top five to, to scroll through at our leisure. Oh, it's kind of changed as yeah, well. And it has actually I feel changed like this it's, week. It's yeah. been uh, rather static. the same. It's been quite static. It has. Yeah. So, of course, we need to start with some news. And I understand we've, we've lost someone uh, of, of cinematic significance. Really. Yeah, one of our own, in a way. One of our own, yeah. yeah. Um, sadly, uh, Barry Norman passed away. Barry Norman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who we all know from BBC's film show. It's true. I think yeah. I think officially it's film night, and they just they just replaced night with whatever the year Whatever is. year. So it was but, film uh, 76, and then yeah. he would say things like I'll be back next year when it'll be predictably film 77 I remember that indeed yeah the thing is he was the longest serving host of that programme yeah was it after him then it was Jonathan Ross then it was Jonathan Ross I think he did it from is it 72 to 98 I think yeah it was a really big run Really long run. Yeah, is Claudia uh, Winkleman still doing it now, or is she... No, she's officially left now. She's officially left? She's officially left, yeah. So Van Connor might be next. (laughs) If only, if only. (laughs) Hey, they wouldn't hire Kermit, I don't fancy my chances. Why wouldn't we hire Kermit? It's not that they wouldn't, I don't think he was was ever really considered for it. He's got other stuff going on. He claims he was never considered for it, so... But, uh, no, so Barry Norman passed in his sleep, this is the quote, he passed in his sleep, which Mm. I think is, uh, that's such a a nice sort of uh, a way to go, in your sleep. And I think... That's where you'd prefer to go. Like it's it's better than being like shoved off a that's, cliff. That's, or... the, gin- that's the, the way you gingerly pass, and I feel that's the most applicable for, for Barry Norman. Who he was, he was like was, he was, was he known to be a gingerly fellow? A gingerly, he, come on, the man yeah. sold pickled onions. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> his own branded pickled onions in, in branches of Waitrose. Yeah, and I do hope that business keeps going because I can think of, of nothing more amusing than the idea that he leaves behind. You a think legacy it's, of, it's like a Newman's own? Newman's own, but yeah. if he leaves behind a legacy of, and think with Stephen Fry that said uh, great film criticism and. Of course, pickled onions, hmm. which lest we yeah, forget. That's really it. Um, but yes, past. That's very sad. That's, that's very sad for me. I, I grew up in the Middle East watching uh, uh, Barry Norman on BBC World. And BBC World. BBC World. And this is back in the day before you know the internet availability of trailers and things like that. And Barry so Norman. So he, he would have kind of been your window to. Well, that's the thing. To movie world. There, there were films that you'd never heard of and you'd never seen trailers for that you would experience for the first time mm. via a clip on a Barry Norman show. And on, on film, on Kids, film don't, 94. Don't know they're born. Don't know they're born, do they? With your I, YouTubes and your music television. I remember the very first footage I ever saw of Star Trek Generations being through Barry Norman's review, and it was the, where Kurt dies that at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. Stargate as well. It's not much of a spoiler, because it, it, it kicks Literally off. Literally how the movie begins. Yeah. 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 And, and Scotty's there. And, and, and Scotty's there. And, you know, yeah. yeah. I'm going to rewatch that. This, it's fun for the whole family. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, fairly well, Barry Norman, and we... We'll, we'll, uh, it, it's sad to see you go, but uh, let's, leave, let's leave him with his catchphrase. And why not? But uh, So we shall continue. And why not? So, should we do a review real quick? 
Why not? So um, you saw It Comes at Night, which I really, really cannot wait to see. Okay, uh, spoiler alert, this is one of my favourite films of the year. I saw your and, list. Uh, yes, I oh yeah, because this is the social networking thing this week. Is the best films for the first half of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's gone. It's gone a bit mad, hasn't it? Gone a bit mad. And yeah. you were saying, what well, we're going to have to have an argument at the end of the we're, year. We're going to have no. to have uh, fisticuffs. No, because it's my personal me time films of the to year. To which I, I said a certain joke, which we can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's not a Pornhub playlist, don't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all Blair Williams. Anyway, um, so it comes at night, which is the second effort from uh, Crusher director Trey Edward Schultz. Crusher, incidentally, is I believe coming to Netflix very shortly. Uh, worth checking out. It Comes at Night is very much, uh, it feels like uh, an, an almost Jeremy Saulnier type film. It has mm, that sort of Jeremy Saulnier. A bit like, like Green Room or... Green Room. It's yeah. horror with a mumblecore aesthetic, if you can imagine that. I mean, Green Room, so we have. Uh, right, so the idea is it's post... Not post-apocalyptic. It's in the woods. A virus has come out. It has, you know, wiped out certain amounts of humanity. People are surviving whichever means they can. Uh, you have a set of parents, Joel Edgerton and Carmen Ijogo from uh, Alien Covenant. And... Uh, what else is she? I can't remember what else she's from now. And... Um, they are in, they're living in a cabin in the middle of the woods with uh, her teenage son, Kelvin Harrison Jr. And one day they encounter a, a family uh, like themselves who are just looking to survive and they agree to let them move in. And the arrival of this family exposes the fracture and, and the fragility of how they are surviving and, and what it takes really to function in this, this new status quo. We have a clip. The way we like to run things and we think it's important. You know, I think it's important to keep a routine. And stay busy. Uh, oh, God, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few things. There's plenty of time to work out all the details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overload. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just settle in. Yeah. And uh, we'll get working in the morning. And welcome. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much. <laughs> welcome, buddy. <laughs> Exciting. Imagine, if you will, <clears throat> that someone took Jeremy Saulnier and combined it with combined his style with John Carpenter, and then they applied that to what is effectively Cabin Fever by way of The Mist. And Those are all things I like. I, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Right. Okay. So you, you'll love this. This is all about atmosphere, all about tension, and all about sort of character-driven suspense. There's no big bad. The, the big bad is just the world, as it were. Yeah, it's the situation, and, and it's it's human error. It's all really about human error and how human error sort of just exposes how prone we all are to just embrace our baser instincts. It is really something. Um, the, the the show is stolen completely by Calvin Harrison Jr. as the the teenage son who brings this sort of tumultuous teenage sort of, not intensity, but I would say vulnerability to this already sort of simmering situation. Uh, you've got the other couple who are Chris Abbott and uh, Riley Keough, who seems to be getting everywhere She's lately. Everywhere. She's she quite, quite ubiquitous, isn't she? She is, isn't yeah. she? And uh, she's like her granddad. She just gets everywhere. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's really something. It is so well realised, so stylish. It has the look of you know this new wave of horror director that we've embraced in the last few years, like for instance uh, who was it? Who was the Babadook? Offhand, now I can't oh, remember. No. 
Was it Catherine? Catherine. I've forgotten her surname. I, I forget as well. But uh, last Aust- Australian director, she, yeah, she was amazing. The look yeah. of something like the Babadook, and it follows as well, and uh, and of course a blue uh, blue ruin and green room. Yeah, and I, and given that there is a red door featuring prominently in this, I can't help but feel that it would have made a great trilogy capper for uh, Jeremy Saulnier. Well, his next film hasn't got red in the title. Hasn't got, which no, has let know, me down. I know. And it's Jeremy, a spy film. Should have been Red Sparrow. Should have been Red Sparrow. Just but, just make uh, Red Square again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just do that. Uh, no, I, I really really dug this. This is a film that, as I say, it's it's it works very much for people seeking a, a, a tense drama, but it, it has appeal for mainstream horror fans, I think, as well. And you, you watch it, and you do feel the the build quality to it, and the what's that? Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Kent. Thank you. Where did I get Catherine from? Because you just did Catherine Deneuve in the. Uh, Maybe that's it. That, that's what it is. I just got Catherine. Or, or, on, or, on, or on you know, twenty years today. later, you're still thinking about Kathy Island. Is that what it is? I don't know who that is. Do you not? No. My God, you're young. <laughs> to Google I go. <laughs> to Google you go. She was the love interest in in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. There you go. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, see? Right. Uh, but no, uh, it comes at night. I thoroughly recommend it is really worth checking out. Um, say, for the drama fans, but also for the mainstream horror fans as well, you will, you're both camps easily pleased. And I do think Trey Edward Schultz, definitely someone to watch after this. Um, I, I say, it is for all intents purposes, it's going to work for the, the Green Room fans, I think, as well. In fact, that's something you enjoyed. You're going to be in good stead with this one. But you're a big Green Room fan, aren't you? Huge. See, we can't watch it in my house because Lola goes nuts. Every time the dog... Yeah. Every time there's, the dog's There's, there's a lot of dogs. Yeah. yeah. So Lola... Doesn't she go mad for dinosaurs as well? Dinosaurs, uh, dogs, horses... Um, most things on m- four most, legs. Most things yeah. on four legs. Uh, cars as well, planes, <laughs> people talking... <laughs> The wind. Yep. Yeah. yeah. True. True. Yeah. And, and of course, I live across from a church, so uh, every time someone walks by, yeah. yeah. She shouts blasphemer. <laughs> she does indeed, yeah. My dog, my dog's an atheist. That's what it is. <laughs> right, so... Um, that sounds like a great film. My dog, the atheist. My dog, the atheist. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Starring <remember>. Tim Allen. <laughs> and he becomes the dog. Well, yeah, because that already happened in a movie, didn't it? That was the, that was the shaggy dog. The shaggy? Yeah, of the course shaggy it was. Dog. Yeah, for, for Disney, that is a Disney Channel film. When he's oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let's plug the podcast real quick. Um, we're getting the hang of this digital bling thing, by the way. I've got it down to a science. We just it's half an hour every week to whack that on there. So mm. if you uh, download the podcast edition on Acast, you get all the images and the trailers and everything. And it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. We to sometimes use. put up funny pictures. We put pictures of Nick Cage because why not? Oh, every time we have the moment of Cage, there's an image of Nick Cage. Of course. You've got to do that. Yeah. Uh, this week's you're going to love, by the way, because it, it's an almost offhand uh, live moment during a QA. So, uh, they, they seem to be our bread and butter right now. Just they, the, we've the used interviews all the films. Or, yeah, we've used all the films. <laughs> no, we haven't. There are a thousand films. To work there are a thousand we've not to had go. a thousand episodes. <laughs> but yeah, so pop along to uh, iTunes, go on uh, Deezer, tune in, just type in off screen. And uh, free podcast edition there, extended, enhanced post-credits. There's a lot more show to yeah. come. We'll, we'll just ramble. We do ramble. Yeah. But, of course, whilst you're, uh, you know, such and out online, go along to uh, onscreenfilm.com and go in the competition section. And, boy, we got some swag for you. Because uh, we've got above and beyond, like the case. There's, there's tons for everyone. Yeah. There's, uh, we, no matter what you're into. No matter what you're into. Especially if you're into Zip and Zang and the Marble Gang. Zip and Zang? Zip and Zag and Marble Gang. Is that an Oriental themed uh, Goonies movie? It's, it's, it's for spin off. So, yeah. you can, so you can win a Zip and Zap and the Marble Gang uh, on, on DVD, which is. I was one letter uh, off. You were one letter off. Two, technically. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which is, uh, that's a Spanish language Goonies. You can go and win Age of Shadows, the Korean spy thriller. That's, we're giving that away on DVD. We're giving hidden figures away. You, you might have heard of that one. Um, I saw it. I've seen it 
once, twice. You saw it before me, didn't you? I did, yeah. That yeah. very rarely happens. Very rarely happens. Um, so Hidden Figures were given that way on DVD. And this week, we've started running a promotion for pop-up screens in London. Uh, they've got this summer season. There's a whole list of what they're doing on our site. And it's pop-ups, outdoor screenings at like different parks and venues around London. Oh. And they're showing everything from like La La Land and Deadpool to The Big Lebowski and Dirty Dancing and Ghostbusters. Everything. You everything, everything you can think of. Yeah. Although, suspicious lack of Christmas films, just saying. And uh, we're I'm, giving I'm, away... I'm uh, sure that that will be coming. I'm sure. Yeah. We're giving away tickets to that as well. So I say pop along to onscreenfilm.com, competition section, and just put in your details for a run, completely randomised chance to win. Win some swag. We're not asking questions, just put your details in. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's fair enough. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The Onscreen Radio Show. And we're back. Bit of tubular bells in, in new bit metal. Of, bit of metal exist. We need to. We should credit our uh, our cover musician, by the way, who is a, a uh, an Irish YouTuber uh, by the name of uh, Nstens one 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 seven, and uh, he gives us. That was my dad's to, name. Yeah, as well. yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yours too. Yeah. I have an uncle. Nstens one one seven. Yeah. Yes. We we call we, we call him Uncle Stans. Yeah, I'm a big fan of. Uh, we love we love his work. Absolutely, he's got carry abs- on more. Yeah, yeah can say we just have complete coverage. More of that, less about everything else. Oh, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so go along to YouTube. Go on, check out N S T E N S one 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 seven. He covers all sorts of video game themes, TV show themes, movie Ooh. themes, and uh, yeah. So I mean, also he's got Patreon on there, so you can donate to him uh, and encourage his fine work, which we would very much like it if you did we are fans because then there's, there's more themes for us to use exactly um, yeah. just help help some brothers yeah. out so yeah help me help you or help me help <laughs> him you. there you go <clears throat> so uh, should we do the box office top five and get that done for the week I think we better had let's have some fun number five Wonderful woman, wonderful woman. She is a wonderful woman as well. Um, yeah, I got to rewatch it this last week, and I was very, very happy. I got to. Uh, I liked it even more the second time. I've got to admit. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it that second time. I say so I was a big fan. I think Gal Gadot doesn't get the credit she deserves for what actually is really a star-making turn. Oh, it absolutely is. Absolutely she's, is. She's incredible in it. I've, as she's, as I've been saying to a lot of people, yeah. she is wondrous. She is wondrous. Would you believe it? Yeah. I've been saying to a lot of people that I just feel like she's not had the material in. The Fast and Furious films. <laughs> no, imagine um, that. What was the one? Uh, Keeping up with the Joneses. And, and let's not forget Triple Nine. Well, let's not forget Triple let's Nine. Let's not forget Triple Nine. Yeah, so now she's finally got something worthy of her. She's got something to sink her teeth into, and she's great in it, and the movie is far and away the best of the DC uh, installments. Chris Pine, very good in it as yeah, well. Yeah, and his chemistry is amazing. Can I give a shout-out to my boy, Saeed Tagmawi, as, uh, as Sammy? Because he's, <laughs> he's, he's not really got any credit in this movie. And he's great. He's got a really poignant moment in the middle in which he says hmm. we're all fighting our own battles and I really love that moment uh, because he says oh yeah, you know, I, I wanted to be an actor but I was born the wrong colour and we're all fighting our own battles like, oh my god that's a good moment yeah and also I think that, that's something else about that casting isn't it yeah and also how, very how brilliantly pitched is that in that movie so yeah number four all eyes on me. Right, that, that's not a garish use of a sound effect. I did that deliberately because that's how the movie begins. The title, All Eyes on Me, and a gunshot. How many gunshots are in that film? I could imagine a lot. No, a fair few. Yeah. but uh, Decent, decent amount. Right, it's the worst rap biopic since Notorious, which, as you can imagine, is a pretty low bar. 
But and and big, they have got the same guy playing. I was playing just going to say, Biggie is in this, isn't yeah. he? Same guy plays, be, plays Biggie, yeah. And, uh, well, let's see. It's dull, it's uninteresting. It goes on for about an hour longer than it needs to. And cause I'm sure it's about two hours 20, isn't it? Mm. It goes on an hour longer than it two needs to. Two hours 20? Something like that. And it uh, it just feels... Isn't it, isn't the last night about that as well? <laughs> something like that, yeah. It just feels like a checklist of events that happened yeah. to Tupac. There's no sense of who he was, why he did anything he did. Releases, Snoop cameo, yeah, Knight. Yeah. Did Dre appear? Check that. Jada okay. Pinkett. Sugar Knight, Ian. Drive okay. by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Credits. Yeah, 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 exactly. They don't even mention the fact that he was at Tyson fight. Really? He's just at, in Vegas for the hell there. of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's rubbish. It's complete rubbish. Just, I can't just watch Straight Out of Compton again if you want to watch about that biopic, because that is great. Exactly. Number three. That robot film. Robot Wars. Robot Wars. Robot Wars 5, the quest for more money. <laughs> it really is. Well, this is the end of one chapter of the Transformers, the beginning of another, it seems, because, you know, the end yeah, of the... Yeah, ne- the next chapter is the negotiation between Michael Bay's agents and Paramount <laughs> trying to get back for a sixth one. Yep. And let's be honest, this is a movie that really pushes the boundaries of what is and isn't acceptable in a Hollywood movie. Mm. I mean... Hey, there's no Romeo and Juliet clause in this one. There is no Romeo and Juliet clause in this. There's also no uh, TJ Miller, and they've replaced him with Jared Carmichael this time around, because we're just going through the cable just, comedians. Just going through cable comedians, yeah. We are. And, who are we um, going to get next? Get, get Zach Woods? Or? I'm, I'm always intrigued, actually, to see who makes who makes it to be the next name on the uh, exploited young actress charter. And this time around, it's Laura uh-huh. Havoc. Yes. So Star-Lord's yeah. mum turns up. Closer. the world's least convincing Oxford histor- history professor or historian. And you, you, you know so many. Uh, yeah, so many. I mean, this, yeah. this, this actually shows you, the great thing is it gives you uh, an, an insight into the mind of Michael Bay. Because in Michael Bay's mind, an Oxford history professor happens to be a sexed up looking nymph in hipster glasses and a pencil skirt. Hmm. And who talks about the rippling biceps of men throughout history. And, yeah. I mean, the fact that there's then a sequence in which uh, Mark Wahlberg mansplains Arthur C. Clarke's laws of robotics to her and then claim, and then brags about not having any not student, student loans, loans yeah. is kind of inconsequential hey, afterwards. you can't say anything about Kay Yeager. He's an inventor. And we get that line yeah, again. We, we get that. It's awful. So it's amazing. It's awful. But you know what? These movies have always been awful. If you've enjoyed them up to now, you know what? You're going to enjoy this as well. So don't... Anthony Hopkins is having a ball. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins is enjoying it. So you know what? Take one for, take one for A-Hop. There you go. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y-Baby. Number two. Oh, yes. Uh, Baby Driver. <laughs> I Which, feel like you didn't need to introduce that one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen this twice, haven't I you? I saw it for the second time yesterday. Excellent. Your, your, your wife, wife really loved it, didn't she? She absolutely adored it. Right. Okay, I really, I really mm. liked it. Um, I, I, obviously, I was, I, was, I was harsh on it, because I always feel mm. the need to be harsh on everything at first. Um, it's one of those. <laughs> Unless Tony Stark's in it. Unless Tony Stark's in yeah. it, in which case, I'm all ears. Exactly. Because uh, of the glowing reviews I've given Iron Man 2 over the years. But, uh, and That's Age a of, good point. And I will Age give of Ultron that. as well. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm biased in that way. Uh, but, no, I really liked uh, Baby Driver. I thought it had panache, and it had style, and it had verve, and it had energy, and it had... Mm. Really, just this likability, this slickness, this cool that really sort of wins you over. But the thing I realised that makes it work so well is it's everyone's on the same page. The the tonal consistency mm. of it just carries carries throughout. Every single member of this cast is aware of the pace and the style and the tone of the film. And every song is in line with that style. Every action beat works with that style. And that's it. So That's kind of what it's been sold on, really, isn't it? it the really soundtrack is. matching every single beat so of the film. That, and it works so well. With that in mind, I'm going to say the thing. I really, really don't want to have to say out loud, which is, yeah, you What's know that? what? What's that? 
Ed- Edgar Wright, really, yeah, you did an amazing job, Edgar. And well, well played, sir. Golf claps, golf claps all around. Well, well played, Edgar. You know what? You earned it, pal. Number one. Ugh. Uh, Despicable Me 3. <laughs> or, or Despicable 3, as it sh- should have been called. Should have been Despicable Me 3, shouldn't it? Because that's how Despicable it's stylized. Me 3. Me 3. Me 3. Uh, so you, you're not a fan of the series. Uh, I am. and But uh, you're not a massive fan of this one. I'm not a massive fan of this one, but I'm not a massive fan of the second one either, because I think that these films... Minions spin-off aside... I, it seems like Despicable Me had a very specific remit, which was to be this great, considerate, emotionally hefty animated film about parenthood and applied to a supervillain. And then somewhere yeah. along the line, they seem to have thought, actually, this is a spy series. And they've forgotten about the emotional yeah. side of it. Well, the only um, one I've seen is the first one, and then... I, I thought the first one was fine. Yeah, enjoyed it, yeah. actually. And then, obviously, the Minion meme started, and, and you decided you hated Jurassic. That's it, yeah, exactly. So. When <laughs> when distant cousins are putting things on Facebook <laughs> that have never, ever been uttered by Minions a Minion... talking about Brexit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a Union Jack Minion. No one, ne- no one needs that. No, no one, one needs that. that. No one needs that yeah. at all. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I didn't like it anywhere near as much as, uh, as uh, the first one, though. I mean, it, it's fine. I, it's a disappointment, because I I really, really like the first one, but it's not as good as either the first one or the Minion spin-off. It sounds so. like everyone is having a good time in it, though. Well, yeah, but if I was getting paid what they were getting paid, I'd have a good time as well. That's a good point. You if, know the if, old if, adage? If you were Julie Andrews, yeah. getting Julie Andrews' money. Yeah, the old what? adage is, the more fun you can tell the cast are having making the film, the less fun it is for the audience to watch. And Case in point, the last night. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Ocean's 12 apparently was a non-stop party on the set, and then you watch the film and you think... Don't get that myself, but I've okay. still not finished that. Uh, Every time I've tried to watch it, I've fallen asleep. Give me some film news anyway, real quick. Oh, what we got? Just give me a 30 second of what we got. 30 second Rupert Wyatt is going to direct Green Lantern Corp. <laughs> and I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure that I'm sure he's going to drop out. Of course he will. He's got something of a tendency to sign on for these big gigs. Oh, and yeah. And leave. Yeah, he's doing this one straight after he finishes Gambit. So. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's basically a placeholder director for what is being pitched as Lethal Weapon in Space. Which I'm, I'm on board with. I'm on board with that. That's Apparently, great. it's going to be Hal Jordan in his 40s and a 20 something uh, military sniper version of John, John Stewart. Stewart. Slash. Tyrese Gibson. Well, this is the thing. If he's going to be in his twenties, can it really be Tyrese anymore? It's a good-looking man. Good-looking man. Good-looking man indeed. And he, he does keep his youth. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I just who's the kid who played Will Smith's son in Independence Day Resurgence? He's still looking for a vehicle. Uh, he's re- yeah. I, I think he's he's good enough. I've forgotten his name. Uh, yeah. Oh, just get John Boyega. Just is get he, John Boyega. Maybe Usher something. Something Usher or something. He's another yeah. Usher, isn't he? Yeah, but he's he's not not the, related. Not he's the just, one and only Usher. Not the not the not, Usher. Not Usher. Raymond. Not the Usher. He's a Usher. Well, Ann Usher. Yeah, he's Ann not, Usher. not like Cedric B. He's B- Usher B or Busher. Busher. <laughs> Busher, that's what he'll be from now on. <laughs> we don't know the actor's name, but he's Busher. I feel like, out of all that, we didn't really talk about the news. No, no, but no. you know what? Who cares? Because he's going to drop out, so it doesn't matter. I would I would wager that he will drop out, but I do like him because obviously Rise of Fine Apes was great. It was. And, and the Gamble like remake. I like the gambling. I like that as well, absolutely. Marky Mark is great, isn't it? Marky Mark playing a professor, because totally <laughs> believable. He can be an inventor, he can be a professor, he can be anyone, as long as he is from Boston. He can. Can he be yeah. Spider-Man, though? Because we've got to review him next. Let's talk about Spider-Man. Okay, so Spider-Man Homecoming, which you've seen, I've seen. I'm we, literally just finishing. Yeah, we both loved. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler alert there. Okay, so several months after the events of Captain America Civil War, Peter Parker trying to get on with his life as Spider-Man, but he's basically distracted by this, this desire to be an Avenger. That's all 
all he wants. He wants mm-hmm. the Avengers to call him up for, as he puts it, his next mission. And, of course, this starts to create problems for him in his day-to-day superheroics because he's too distracted. It causes problems with his social life and his, uh, his, his school extracurriculars because he keeps having to zip off for what he refers to as the Stark internship. And uh, then, basically, because all this is going on, he basically chomp- he's chomping at the bit for something to really sink his teeth into. And he gets that in the form of the Vulture, played by Michael Keaton, who happens to be uh, a disgruntled former clean-up worker whose job it is to recover all the alien technology from how the movie begins, the Battle of New York. And, of course, he's taken all this alien technology and he's basically built his... He turned, turned into his own little uh, arms-selling business. Mm. He's got a little crew and they sell arms. And Peter, uh, Tony Stark tells him to back off. This is There's people who deal with that, like the FBI. They deal with that kind of stuff. It's beyond superhero remit. So leave it alone. Of course, Peter Parker can't leave well enough alone. And, well, I guess what happens there, then. Here's a clip. Spider-Man from YouTube. I'm not. You were on the ceiling. What was it, Ned? What are you doing in my room? Man, let me in. You said we're going to finish a Death Star. She doesn't know. Nobody knows. Well, I mean, Mr. Stark knows because he made my suit, but that's it. Was Tony Stark made you that? Are you an Avenger? Yeah, basically. Dude, you can't tell anybody about this. Gotta keep it a secret. A secret? Why? Because you know what she's like. If she finds out people try and kill me every single night, she's not going to let me do this anymore. Okay, 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 okay. I'll level with you. I don't think I can keep this a secret. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I can't believe this is happening. So Tom Holland there and, uh, what's his name, Joey Batalon as, as Ned? As Ned Leeds, yeah. And, right, so I, I absolutely love this movie. Um, it's so much fun. It is the yeah. most fun Spider-Man movie. I can't wait to see it again. I, same here. I'm going again in IMAX tomorrow. Um, because I was shown it in, in, uh, in 2D. In 2D in Sony's screening room and uh, no, no big IMAX, no 3D effects. Yeah, okay, no so bells and whistles and lasers. And, yeah. So Tom Holland, still an absolute find as, as Spider-Man. Um, this kid is a star. This kid is like when you first saw Hugh Jackman as Wolverine level of star. You're like, this, this is going to be a thing. I can tell this is going to be a thing. And he's got the moves. He's got the acting shots. He can pull this off. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. only has really four relatively brief scenes but really makes an impact with them it's not uh, a, a show stealing appearance he's not lifting yeah. the it's not out. supposed to be is he's it? not yeah. he's not lifting it out from under from under yeah, Tom Holland he's he not is, showboating he is, he is definitely a presence in it though yeah uh, Laura Harrier uh, Zendaya Marissa Tomei there's a lot of great supporting cast members in this um, but I think Michael Keaton as the vulture wow okay love this mm. I was a big fan of him. Like you said, he, he really seemed to be enjoying himself. Definitely. Um, uh, it was weird, actually, because remember when news first broke that he was going to be in it, and mm. then he dropped out? He did, and dropped out, then he And then he came back in, because there was something to do with money, and RDJ was getting yeah. RDJ money. Exactly. As he yeah. I, feel, I feel like they just print him his own bills now, with his own face. With his own face, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He, he gets like the $200 bill, and it's just Tony yeah, Stark. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. In but, Stark, um, we trust. Yeah, <laughs> clearly just having the time of his life, and such a refreshing take on a villain. I, I never cared about a villain, to be honest, before. But. I, I've always liked Vulture, but I always thought we don't particularly need to see Vulture on screen. It was going mm-hmm. to be John Mark at one point, it was going yeah. to be Ben Kingsley at one point, and I think this is as good this, as this is ever going to yeah. get. It's, 
Yeah. So the clever thing for me is, regarding the story, the clever thing for me is you've gone from the Sam Raimi ones, which were relatively stylistically faithful takes on the 60s uh, coin books, to Amazing Spider-Man, which promised to be a sort of millennial internet-era take on Spider-Man, and then really just became, let's just rehash what you've already seen, but we're doing it with Sony Ericsson phones now. Um, yeah, all, and, all the yeah. tech has gone slightly. All, yeah, up. We, yeah. We, we have the internet now, and we're just going to mention it occasionally. And <laughs> with no regard whatsoever for whether or not the film's made any sense. I mean, no. this, the, the second Amazing Spider-Man is... And then there was, a, there was a third act climactic sky battle thing. Yeah. Because yeah. superhero films. So this, though, is actually more what the Amazing Spider-Man promised us ahead of time, which was it's more of a sort of ultimate Spider-Man take, which is, let's have an actual 15-year-old millennial uh, Peter Parker. And Tom Holland, perfect for that, it turns out. He even really kind of looks like ultimate Peter Parker. Yeah, it does. Very strange. He actually kind of physically looks like him. I don't mean just the hair. I mean, his actual face, he kind of looks like him. Um, the story... Well, that's, that's not his actual face. You know that. Oh, they've CGI'd CGI'd. CGI'd. It's CGI'd, all CGI'd. Yeah, totally. That's that uh, Michael Douglas, Kurt, Kurt Russell. It's, it's, it's the Kurt Russell but it really works the take they've gone with here is something a lot breezier a lot more as, as you said John Hughesy mm. um, that's what we were selling on oh yeah and it does work and you can feel yeah. it throughout there's lots of it, it's strange in a way that it actually helps flesh out retroactively certain elements of the wider Marvel universe uh, for instance the Battle of New York and yeah, the, way, the way that it starts and... there is a moment I won't go into specifics in which one character without without a single word on the subject being spoken, is retroactively given a familial backstory that ties him into Captain America the First Avengers. Did you catch it? Yeah. Yep, brilliantly. Love it. Love it. And it's one of those things that if you know, you can appreciate it. If you don't know, it won't bother you. Mm. It's, It'll just be a throwaway thing. Just a throwaway thing. And for me, I was like, oh my God, brilliant. Because also great use of an actor I actually quite like to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really loved it across the board. Um can't wait to see more of this. Really can't. There's loads of stuff in there for the Spider-Man fans. If you're not a Spider-Man fan, I think it's a pretty good introduction into this world. Um, yeah, you can definitely enjoy it not being a massive... Because I'm not really a massive Spider-Man fan. I grew up on I'm that, a, mate, I'm a, I did, no. but... Aerosmith theme song included. But because I love the, the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's why... He has the best villains, doesn't he? It's him and Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they have the best yeah, villains. But, but you know what the best part is? Spidey have... Spidey brings with him. <laughs> Spidey, has. Spidey has. Spidey brings with him these villains into the MCU, which is going exactly. to be amazing. Can't so we? give me Mysterio and yes. give me Craven. Oh, right man. now you're not on this Craven train as well. Are of you? course, I'm on the Craven train. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Okay, okay. I was I was the first passenger on the Craven train. I've got a one way ticket to, to Craven Town. <laughs> okay, so the, so the point really in, in closing then is Sony expected Marvel to give them a hit movie. Marvel have taken it a step further and actually given them a good movie as well. And yeah, I'd say as far as business dealings go, that's that's the best result you could hope yeah. for. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show. You're getting louder these intros, huh? So, where to next, Mister Al? We are going to go to Austin, Texas, and we're going to talk... Oh, look at your face. Oh, oh, just... We're going to talk about Terrence Malick's new film. We're going to talk about Terrence Malick's new film. Um... We've got four hours. 
<laughs> yeah, let's go see Spider-Man twice. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> let's do that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, Song to Song. Okay, so Song to Song, which stars Michael Fassbender, stars Ryan Gosling, stars Natalie Portman, stars Kate Mara. Hell of a cast. Stars Iggy Pop, stars Val Kilmer, <laughs> stars uh, oh, Holly all, Hunter. It's all good. No, no. Oh, Holly Hunter's great. Yeah, oh, it's it's just got loads of these weird little cameos in it. Mm. I, I can't tell how much of it is improvised, actually. Is uh, Kavonjane you know, Wallace in it? No, Kavonjane Wallace is not in it, strangely. Sadly. But, uh, and Kavonjane Wallace did not get uh, the the child role in the next movie we're reviewing either, The Last Word, no. which actually I could see her playing. But anyway. Somebody get Kavonjane Wallace to be in a Marvel film. Yeah, come on, Jane, come on, man. Ask your agent. But, uh, you know, so, uh, Song Song, which, for the most part, because how do you plot synopsize a, a Terrence Malick film? It's kind of difficult. Seems to revolve largely around two couples. You've got the music mogul played by Michael Fassbender and his relationship with a waitress he picks up, played by Natalie Portman. And then you've got, who's a teacher who's, you know, you know due to the harsh economic times, has become a waitress. And then you've got uh, Ryan Gosling and Kate Mara, who are aspiring lyricists, who become friends with Michael Fassbender. And Mara begins a, an affair with Fassbender. And that's about the first 15 minutes, and then there's some concerts, and then Berenice Marlowe turns up, and mm. there's a, a, a Kate Mara lesbian affair angle that goes on for about another five minutes in the second hour, and I think Ryan Gosling pops back in at a point, and yeah, okay, here's a clip. Well, what can I get for you? I have a condition. Yes. Uh, can't be left alone <laughs> for more than five minutes. Can I get you something else? I'd like to hear you sing. <laughs> okay, Elephant. I got it. I got Why? Why? Because my mom. Which other taste? You can get me back. Yep, that's the plan. You. What do you like to do? <laughs> well, I was a teacher, but there's not many jobs around here. What do you teach? Kindergarten. Oh, yeah. You like kids? Yes, I do. It wouldn't be a very good job if I didn't like kids, would it? Yeah, thrilling, isn't it, Case? Wow, that was I mean, that was like Spider-Man Homecoming levels of excitement. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty poor. Um, it's it, it's not a particularly enjoyable film. The usual visual whimsy you get out of a Terrence Malick film, which is usually enough to save it, has now dissipated and given way to, what did you call it, cantered shots? Cantered angles, yeah, cantered where it's just angles, it's a little yeah. bit off. Or, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, like it's dipping to one side. Partial fishbowl, fisheye effect. Partial fishbowl, yeah. Partial fishbowl. Yeah. Uh, fish that wasn't in my band. In no, partial fishbowl. Partial fishbowl, yeah. yeah. You said fistbowl. I know, that was my second. Band. That's, that's a spin-off band. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the McFly to your busted. Absolutely, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, there's some crazy cameos in this. Oh one. god, there oh, really are. Mad. Like I said, um, Iggy Pop is in it. Patty Smith, J- John Lydon, Florence Welsh. Yeah, all of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And the problem is the film isn't very good. It goes on for two and a half hours, which is about two hours and twenty nine minutes too long. Uh, nothing of consequence really happens. I know some people have tried to ascribe meaning to it, but believe me when I say this is not artsy, artsy film that's just... <laughs> people are... If anyone's singing the praises on this one, it's to make themselves seem clever. I'm an, I, I consider myself a Terrence Malick fan. I'm one of the few people I know that genuinely enjoys the a, a Yeah, new, you're, you're the new often world. a defender of... The, the Colin Farrell one. Yeah, the Pocahontas yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Pocahontas, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. With Colin Farrell and Christian Bale. I, I like that movie very much. Mm. But, uh, I don't, but I know it's not you know, wide, given wider claim. Um, but no, even I can't in good conscience tell anyone to watch this. Please, please stay clear. And, uh, you know, they say the song remains the same. No, no, the song's gotten so much worse. This is a bad cover of an already awful track. So give me some news, Mr. Allen. Samuel Jackson... 
What's he doing okay. now? Sir Nicholas of Fury. Oh, hang on, hang on. It's Wednesday, isn't it? So what's he, what film's he doing this week? I, f- I feel like you're confusing him with The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> they work about, about as regularly each, as yeah, each other. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Uh, so Nick Fury is allegedly going to be in Captain Marvel. Yes, Which makes sense. Well, he's going he's to reappear in, in the next two Avengers movies, so they're going to have yeah, to answer where as, he's as, as per his contract. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when was the last time we saw him? Uh, we haven't seen him since Age of Ultron. Is that really the last time? Uh, Age of Ultron. There's been like 20 films. Which kind of ties into Age of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because yeah. that's who gave him the helicarrier. Yes. But uh, a, Director Coulson supplied him with the mm. refurbished helicarrier. Maria Hill was on board. And and he, he saved the Sokovians. That's the last time we saw Nick Fury. I keep like fancy casting Captain oh. Marvel for parts I don't even know are going to be in the film. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. That movie ends with he's Avengers headquarters. So it's entirely possible that he's just been at head office for all these movies. No, oh, just yeah. doing paperwork. He could literally have been doing paperwork. Just playing with like an abacus. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I oh. keep um, thinking of people that could be in this film. For okay. roles I don't even know may even exist or not. <laughs> I want I want someone like Tom Hanks to be her dad. Yes, yes, someone like that. That would be amazing. Yeah, that, that would work. Because we don't have Bill Paxton anymore, and also he has a Marvel character, so... Yeah, yeah well, he was in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., was he, he not? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he was uh, Agent yeah. Garrett, Agent Garrett, the clairvoyant. Well, so, Bill Pullman hasn't been in an MCU film. Bill Pullman has not been in an MCU movie. This is an excellent film. No, and John Goodman hasn't. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, but we all know that John Goodman's got to play a villain, so... Uh, no, I think John Goodman would be good to just be like a retired either army guy or naval guy... Retired Shield director or something. Reti- oh, that'd be amazing. Reti- retired Shield higher up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So let me talk about uh, the last word then. Okay. Right. So this stars Shirley MacLaine and Amanda Seyfried, and this this is a corker hmm. of a concert. So the idea is Shirley MacLaine um, is a wealthy wealthy retiree. She's a retired advertising exec, and uh, she fills her time with minutia, basically picking on her gardener and being fussy about everything. And one day she has an accidental overdose because she combines too much alcohol with too many pills. And uh, I'm trying to remember what's term, how she describes it. But anyway, she, she survives this accidental overdose. And she, uh, she starts looking into obituaries. And she finds herself looking into the obituaries of all her old socialite friends. And she, she realises they're all written in exactly the same way. They're all given the same structure. They all say the same kind of platitudes. And they don't acknowledge the faults and the flaws of the actual person. So she tracks down the writer, who's a journalist played by Amanda Seyfried. And she issues her a challenge, which is to get to know her... Mm. and write her a decent obituary in advance. And, of course, what then starts out as this this odd couple-style pairing between the misanthrope and the wide-eyed young reporter uh, soon grows into a, a, more, a relationship of more mutual respect that will, of course, redefine both of their lives. We have a clip. Now, I have determined there are four essential elements to a really great obituary. <laughs> Is that right? That's right. One... The deceased should be loved by their families. Right. Two, the deceased should be admired by their co-workers. I, I know. Three, the deceased must have touched someone's life unexpectedly. And if said person was a minority or a cripple, so much the better. Okay, and the fourth? And the fourth... That's the wild card. I do not know what my wild card is. McLean and Seafried there. Seafried, Seafried. Yeah. So, um, right, this, this for the most part just about works for the, I think about the first half really, and it's held together by uh, Shirley McLean, who's still got the appeal. She's still got the screen appeal. She's still got that twinkle in her eye and that charm. She's Shirley McLean, darn it. 
Uh, the problem is that once the film requires anything more than sort of you know amusing misanthropy, it all falls apart. I mean, by, by the time it gets to the sort of requisite road trip element, the, the you know it's it's literally on a road to nowhere, hmm. and it just stops working. And this is the problem because I was kind of invested for the first half because of uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine, and it it just goes nowhere fast. It loses its way. Savory is kind of marginalised by a story that doesn't really give her a lot to do beyond being sort of the archetypical millennial writer. And to be honest, you can see you can see the ending coming from about the first two minutes of the film. It's there's no surprise factor to it. There's no wow. There's no real investment. There's no particularly great character development. It's just Come for the amusement of seeing Shirley MacLaine play a misanthrope, but please leave about the halfway mark. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. And we're back. So, uh, two we've got to get through real quick in case. Mm. So, Tommy's Honor. Right, okay. I'm going to do these as quickly as I can. Okay, so Tommy's Honor, which is uh, directed by Jason Connery, would you believe? As in Son of Sean. No way. Yeah, wow. I, didn't, I didn't even know he was directing. Right. I didn't know he had a son. Well, I, I, didn't, I did know he had a son. I did know his name was Jason. Um, I didn't know he was a director. Uh, so this is getting a wide release in Scotland and a limited release in the UK. And the idea is this is about golfing royalty. This is about Tommy Morris. So Tommy Morris Sr. and Tommy Morris Jr. Tommy Morris Sr. is played by Peter Mullen because a film can only be so Scottish before you have to have Peter, <laughs> Peter Mullen, Mullen in there. That's the rule. And Jack Loudon plays uh, the younger Tommy Morris. And the idea is that it's the story of uh, late 19th century, the first golf the first golf star as it were the first star golfer you know and this became a thing and nowadays we have our tiger woods and we have our uh, rory mcelroy but uh you know this is this is before all that so this is uh, the story of how uh, tom morris jr came up from being just the groundskeeper's son to becoming the biggest star in the world of golf before tragically passing you know know, before his time Mm -hmm. and that's it and it's all about the relationship he forges uh, with his future wife played by uh, Ophelia Loverbond or as I call her Lovely Bond and uh, and, and of course the relationship between her and his mother and how he sought to turn golf from a game of the rich man to a game that actually rewarded its players instead instead of the rich men. Uh, We have a clip How old are you Tommy Morris? How old do you think I am? I'm 28 years old. Best find yourself a schoolgirl. <laughs> Do you know what I love most about golfing? No. There are times when you've no hope of a shot, you've got no chance, it's impossible, but you try it anyway. You put everything that you've got into that shot, and then you just. You just see where it goes. Jack Landon there with a feel of lovely bond. And, uh, right, so, I mean, on the surface, this is quite a televisual affair. I mean, it does have that that sort of made-for-TV lifetime biopic kind of a feel. Um, I can understand. I mean, I mean, I'm completely unfamiliar with the subject with the subject matter. I, I don't know of Tommy Morris. I've played a bit of golf in my time, but uh, not really big on the lineage. And I say Tommy Morris Senior is generally regarded as the father of golf. 
the, the sort of the, the founder of what we perceive now to be the modern game of golf. Peter Mullen plays that fantastically. And Peter Mullen is the star of this film. He's not the central character. He's arguably a supporting, but he is the outright show stealer here. Yeah. Well, it's classic Peter Mullen, isn't it? Classic yeah. Peter Mullen. You know, I, I feel like Peter Mullen just, I feel like he should just get the Rocky statue. You know, in the yeah. centre, in the centre of Edinburgh is just a statue of Peter <laughs> Mullen, both he gets, fists he gets in the, the air, like like a key to Edinburgh. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but no, I think he's terrific. Jack London, I think, gives an able performance, likable, earnest lead there. Feeling love for Bond, uh, I liked very much. I thought she was very good. Um, it's quite it's quite witty. It's quite kind of sharply written, actually, for for the heft of it. I mean, it's quite a lightweight film, but for the the heft it got, it actually is quite sharp, quite thoughtful. Um, and I say I didn't know the story. I wasn't familiar with the sub with the subject matter overly. So, you know, the story it kind of went where I expected it to, but it was, there was a few surprises along the way. I did like it. I thought Jason Connery has got surprising chops. If he went into television, he'd, he'd kill. Hmm. He'd kill in TV because he'd be the upper end. But uh, I think he's one of those lower-rung film, higher-end TV kind of caliber direction. I did really like it, though. And Sam Neill turns up as a would-be antagonist. That just makes so... the film 25% better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got the Sam Neill effect. He's kind of part of, he's part of the uh, 25%er club. Exactly. The yeah. 20, I make all films 25% better. Yeah, so. at least. Give me some news then. Will be news. Um, so we've been talking about uh, X Men: Dark Phoenix, which yeah, is just started production. We're not particularly excited, but one no. thing might make us more excited: um, Evan Peters is definitely going to be part of the cast. How is he? And is he, he going to get that same scene again? Is he? He's probably going to get the scene for the third time. The third time, that yeah. exact same scene where they just slow everything down. And he runs because really it worked the first time, then it worked the second time. So what? why not the third time? Question. It's going to be set in the 90s. Does that mean they're going to play Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba as the song this time when he's running around slow I hope so, but he's going to have like really long greasy hair and a flannel shirt. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be he's going to be Nirvana, singing yeah. um, uh, like Even Flow by oh, Paul Jack. Oh, it's going to be... It's going to be... It's going to be uh, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's going to be the song during the slow-mo sequence this I've time. I've never heard of that song. People don't no, talk about it. It's a popular yeah. enough song. It's, it's, it's a niche song. It's a niche song it's niche, by yeah, it wasn't too big, was Seattle it? Band. I'm not sure. I forget yeah. the name. Uh, Alison Chains? Yeah, Alice, no, no, Stiltskin. Fair enough. Okay, so um, Abacus, small enough to jail, final review of the week. <laughs> I can't even carry that one off. I know. <laughs> uh, Abacus, small enough to jail. Interesting documentary about literally the only bank to be indicted after the financial collapse. Hmm. And they happen to be, and this is what the film really goes for. They happen to be a bank who were uh, who targeted Chinese customers. They're a family-run bank in Chinatown, the Abacus Bank, uh, run by the 79-year-old Tommy Sung and his daughters. And the idea is that amongst their uh, their, their loan department was one corrupt guy, and he effectively he, he was caught, he was he was fiddling the customers. He was caught. He was fired by the Sung family. And the Sung family then immediately got in touch with the regulatory bodies and told them. And what this started then was a wider investigation by Fannie Mae, as it's called, which is the the slang for the regulatory for the financial body, um, which uncovered further corruption within the bank and led to a five year long ten million dollar family legal battle for the family name itself. We have a clip. This case is about exonerating our entire community. No matter what we do, be it the little guy selling vegetables or a bank that's doing business, I told Mr. Song, I'm glad they pick on you because you're a fighter. Cyrus Vance just felt this is easier to attack, especially as a family bank. But he doesn't realize Tom is not easy to be. 
pushed around. And my girls, they're tough, smart, capable women, so courageous. Right, I don't want to get too hung up on the whether or not you know, the point of view is true or whatever. Um, I, because that's it's neither here nor there. It's not for me to say. I mean, I personally, uh, I, I thought it, it painted a very compelling story on the side of the songs. And the way they are depicted is kind of believable. But, you know, say it's, it's not for me to say that they're right and everyone else is wrong. Right. Um, it is a very interesting story that I don't think you will have heard otherwise. I mean, had you heard of Abacus Bank before I mentioned it? No, I had not. <laughs> exactly. Um, it is very interesting, and it does highlight certain the way that certain financial uh, services function. It is interesting the way that it the way that it portrays certain racial attitudes on an institutional level in in, in politics and government and it does have uh, you know compelling things to say on the matter um i i say it's a tidy 90 minutes it's, it's bang on 90 minutes it is an intriguing document there's nothing inherently cinematic about it it does feel like the kind of thing you would catch on uh, bbc4 for instance on a weeknight you know, BBC Four, Nine O'clock, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but if you do get the chance to see it, do definitely. See it. It's destined for streaming services, like absolutely destined for streaming services. But if you do get the chance to see it, it's like sour grapes. Watch it; it's it's really oh. fascinating. Yeah, did you watch really sour grapes? Yeah. I loved sour grapes. Uh, but definitely do check it out. It is a very interesting story that it is worth uh, hearing for yourself. But uh, so um, that's that's really that's the end of our radio. Edit wraps this week. it up. So it wraps it up. So uh, we should plug all the competitions uh, further because we can you know go on to on screen film.com enter the competition we've got about we've got about 20 competitions we? <laughs> about 20 yeah. Right, yeah so zip and zap the marble gang you can win that on dvd you can win hidden figures you can win uh what's the other one uh, oh age the, of shadows and then the pop-up uh, tickets and, and pop-up, pop-up, screening tickets, pop-up screens um, if you live near about there london if you're near that near there, london. although it's a good no, good day out you know pop to london sit on a green well it's, it's, it's not is it cause it's in london you say you say i love london i, I know, know you, you do I, I know that i'm in the minority isn't your wife from essex yeah, but don't say it out loud. Okay, all right. My dog's from Essex. I can't, I can't judge. Are you comparing so. your dog to my wife? <laughs> I'm just saying the woman I love. <laughs> <laughs> to which your girlfriend will hear this and exactly. then probably leave you. <laughs> probably, probably leave me, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So uh, next week, some, some interesting stuff to come uh, next week. Um, I believe we've got mm. some chimps to deal with. War for the planet of the chimp monkey things. War for the yeah. planet of the chimps. Yeah. It doesn't have the same gravity. <laughs> it doesn't know. And they are their apes. Yeah. That, that, them, they're apes. That they're yeah. apes. Yeah. Uh, we've got the beguiled next week. I can't wait. I can't wait for that either. Uh, that's Colin Farrell and K- K- Kirsten Dunst. Uh, and yeah, Nicole, uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Fanning? Or was it Elle uh, Fanning? Elle Fanning. What, one of the Fannings. One of the Fannings. Yeah. You know, it, I'm, I'm not a big Fanning fan. <laughs> You're not a big Fanning fan. <laughs> uh, we've got the documentary David Lynch, The Art of Life next week. We're yeah, looking forward we do. to that. Do you think he mentions Twin Peaks, uh, the revival in it? I think you will, and I think you'll sound crazy as well. Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. With his wacky hair. With his crazy high-pitched voice, it'll sound like this. <laughs> We've got yep. the death of Louis Fourteenth, of which I confess I know very little, except for the fact that it clearly portrays the death of Louis Fourteenth. Which... Yeah, it's kind of like a Ron Seal does what it says on the tin. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course, because there was such financial demand for it, the cars are back for Cars 3. Merchandising sells. Oh, it really does. It <laughs> yeah. was still Pixar's biggest earner. Cars. Yes, it is. Because of toy sales. Yeah. But you know what? I am hearing fairly decent things. I'm hearing very good yeah. things as well. It's, people are people saying it's better than number two, which is quite a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? It's like saying we're making a sequel to Ultraviolet, but don't worry, we'll beat the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. Don't forget to check out the podcast edition in the meanwhile. Uh, this has been a Candy Store production for on, uh, for on screen. I've been Van Conner. I've been Spider Man. And we'll be back.
way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. podcast with extra bits extra bits extra bits one might say podcast extras one might i chose not to because that was <laughs> too simple and too straightforward too straightforward isn't it yeah yeah i'm all about the convolutedness Con- convolutedness yeah which isn't a word but i've uh, okay. just said it so right, now that's fair now that's it's fair. a word okay okay so um we're not alone we are not alone. We are not alone. Yeah, I feel like we should play the classic hours music. No. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So please, introduce yourself to the world. All right. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm a bit of a film idiot, but I'm here anyway today. You're here so, anyway, so yeah, so, you. Yeah. 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 Hi. You've never done this before, have you, Chris? Not. No, Alex no, has. No. Alex has joined us before, hasn't he? Alex yeah, has, Alex yeah. has joined us. Chris, Chris is my friend from... Down south and now up here. No, you no, say no. down south. Yeah, you are from here. Native northerner disappeared for ten years, yeah. came back unexpectedly. There you go. Uh, yeah. So what's left in the film news, Mr. Allen? So do you know that Fox like to keep Marvel properties? They're just like, yeah, we, yeah. we've got these and we're yeah. not, not going to do a Sony. No, we're not, we're not doing we're anything. Gonna do that. No, no. Um, they've uh, placed some dates for films that we don't know about yet. Just, so just let's, one or two. Let's really? wildly, well, actually, no, six. Six <laughs> dates. <laughs> Uh, so six films. We have no idea what they are. No, no, no. We don't care. Let's let's wildly speculate. So, New Mutants two and three. I'd imagine yeah, probably Deadpool, Deadpool three, Deadpool three, um, X Force, uh, X Force. Yeah, uh, there'll be an X Men prequel five in there. Uh, five, I'd imagine. There because and... we can't just let it end. No, no, no. no, no. God too forbid. Much of a money maker. Yeah. Did Did you enjoy uh, X Men Apocalypse? Which one? Oh, it was all right. It was. All right. <laughs> I feel like when someone's got to say all right like that twice, it wasn't all right. Yeah, I feel like you're being charitable now. I think it was because they included stuff which didn't necessarily need to be in there, like we saw Phoenix back in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Right at the end, which, again, I don't think they should have put in. It nope. Was, it was too young for a told Jean Grey uh, no. to be showing that, to be fair. Uh, I, guess, I, I guess we're all focused on like younger members. I'm fine with it. That's cool, but yeah. I, I thought Sophie Turner was terrible in it. Oh, I know. There was no character. There was absolutely no character, no. Hmm. But, uh, no, well, I mean, it's Fox, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll keep riding this train straight into the ground. So. Yeah. Speaking of, Go on. Uh, there is rumour that uh, James Bond is going to spin out into a shared universe. <laughs> I because, know. of course. Yeah. Of course. Because, yeah, I mean, I personally have always wanted to see M, the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In which uh, Joseph... Movie, the jo- movie. Yeah, in which Joseph... Fine, uh, Ray, Ray Fiennes, not Joseph Fiennes. In which Ray Fiennes... That'd be a twist. That'd be a twist. Yeah. He's his brother the whole time. Yeah, Ray Fiennes Mr. simply... He deals with bureaucracy for two hours. That's, yeah, that's he's, really he's it. sat at a desk and uh, deals does some paperwork. Does some paperwork. Q designs some gadgets, but they're not really very interesting. That's 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 the setup for the Q spin-off as well. This the Q spin-off yeah. that way, uh, in which uh, Q goes undercover at a tech conference. Because um, it'll, it'll blend in perfectly. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it'll be Q giving a TED talk. <laughs> There's a terrorist threat on the TED talk, and only Q can stop it yeah. <laughs> by by talking for an hour. Yeah. Q has to distract everyone whilst double. Nine or whoever you know stops them in the crowd. Yeah, who, who would you cast as 009? 009? Oh well, let me think. Uh, it's got to be someone less charismatic than Daniel Craig. So think, think hard. Who's the dude that played Jarvis in Agent Carter? Uh, oh, you know what I mean. And the guy that's the, in... the one who's not Benedict Cumberbatch. 
Yeah, and he's he's in Cloud Atlas and Jupiter's Engine. Yeah, another Wachowski. You, you know how I mean? Well, Not Benedict Cumberbatch. Him. He he is Benedict Cumberlight, isn't he? He is Benedict. Yeah. Benedict he's he's, yeah. he's like the Logan Marshall to Tom Hardy. Benedict Cumber Handful, rather than Benedict that. Cumber <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Cumberfew. Cumberfew. Yeah, Cumberfew. Cumberfew. No, no I, I will find it out whilst you tell me about this film. American Hero. That's the one. Right. I'm not looking forward to it. I've heard terrible things. Um, Do you know who directed it? Is it just Stephen Dorff? No, you're going to love this. Who's it? Right. It's directed, would you believe, by Nick Love. Really? Really. Huh. And it's been around for about three years. I, why it's yeah. suddenly getting a release? It stars Stephen Dorff and Eddie Griffith. Yes. Yeah. So the idea is that Stephen Dorff is Melvin. He is just a guy, just a sort of layabout in New Orleans. What was I... Sorry, just to... Stop things for a second. Yeah. What was I about to look up? Uh, who Benedict Cumber- Cumberfew is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, proceed. Proceed. Thank you. Now that I'm allowed. Um, <laughs> so the idea is, Stephen Dorff is a superhero. He has superpowers. He has the ability to telekinetically move objects. Right. Uh, but he is basically an alcoholic, degenerate loser um, who's in the middle of a custody battle and kind of just you know, drinks, passes out on street corners, things like that. And this is all shot in a mockumentary style, so characters talk to camera. Mm-hmm. And it's all about his redemptive arc as he discovers how to be a hero slash vigilante. So it kind of sounds a little bit like Hancock in one regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so um, right, we have a, a clip that will set the quality level for you. Oxycontin, semi-synthetic, slow-release painkiller, first synthesized by eminent pharmacologist Freund Inspire in Germany in 1916. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm gonna show you some crime scenes. Third story up. I knew these guys were robbing the place. Their car was sitting here, engine running. These two knuckleheads jump down. They're jamming to their car. They spot me. One guy comes at me. Crack! I put him over the hood. Next guy starts waving some screwdriver at me. Relieved him of that. Put him down. Done. Remember this when, sounds terrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Remember when Stephen Dorff was a thing? Yeah. I mean, are you are you old um, enough to remember when Stephen Dorff was a thing? How old do you think I am? Uh, really, like 23, 24? Uh, oh my god, thank you. No, no. <laughs> I'm actually 56. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I also remember him from uh, somewhere. I think that was probably the last stuff I That's the thing. You remember saw. him from his, his Millennium kind of era yeah. stuff. Immortals, I, he's in. But that's the thing. Right, you're talking about. Blade. Actual, I remember him from Blade. Well, exactly. Yeah. When I think of Stephen Dorff, yeah. I think about when he was actually popular, the reason we still have to tolerate him, because he was the Generation X star. He was mm. the star. When Generation X became a thing and we got Winona Ryder, we also got Stephen Dorff. And you had, you wound up with him in, in, in basically indie films, New York based, New York loft based films of the early nineties, basically. Yeah. And then of course, when he got to star in Blade, that was his big breakout. And he's pretty much been direct to DVD now in, in recent years. And you kind of see why in this film, because any charisma he had has long since been, you know, cast aside by the ravages of middle age. Uh, the film isn't particularly interesting. The film doesn't have an awful lot to do. It feels very subpar. It feels like it's made in New Orleans purely for tax relief purposes. And really, you come away thinking, that was 90 minutes I really could have spent doing my laundry. And yeah. that would have been more productive. There is an actor there <clears throat> um, in this called uh, Bill Billions. Bill Billions. That's a great name. That really is, isn't it? That's incredible. It's, who, who's uh, Maz Mickelson's? Not Maz Mickelson's. Whose brother is it we, whose name we find hilarious? I can never <laughs> remember. It is... Oh, uh, Vincent Cassell. Vincent Cassell. What's yeah. his... Rusty Squats. Rusty Squats. Vincent there we Cassell are. Vincent Cassell has a oh, brother okay. named Rusty Squats. Wow. True story. That's, uh, 
Quite interesting. I mean, that's that's not a birth name, is it? No, that's, that's a, that's a chosen so it's not like Mister and Mrs. Squats, you know. Like, oh, so what are we going to christen him? I don't know, Rusty. Rusty. Oh, so he's like he's like dirty Friday night name. his family doesn't know about, but he's, he, his friends do. Yeah, uh, definitely. His dirty wow. Friday night name. That's yeah. his Tinder username. That's yeah. what it is. His Tinder username is Rusty. He's yeah. not going to likes. Get... Rusty Squat, <laughs> comma thirty nine. He's not going to get any right swipes with that name, though. No, so no, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you, it'll attract a certain kind of kind of audience, I'd imagine. Exactly, yeah. quite quite like a secular. Yeah, he's a yeah. Tinder guy, not a Bumble guy, if you know what I mean. But, yeah. yeah. Well, what Bumble, is what is Bumble? I, well, no, Bumble's no, no, slightly more dating. market, really, isn't it? But Bumble's well, no. well, no, and I miss the whole Tinder boom as well. Uh, well which I, feel, I feel a bit sad about because I I enjoy like living vicariously through my single friends. Well, you see, right, okay. So friends of ours who you've met, by the way, I won't name them. Um, I will be able to. Right. There, there are a couple, yeah. and when we first met them, uh, they, they said, "Oh, we met on Tinder." You know, before it got weird. We're like, uh, uh, "Okay," and they they met as for an actual relationship on Tinder. I was like, "I don't think you understand what Tinder's for." And yeah. they, they, there is, they there both, is one purpose of Tinder. Exactly, they seem to believe that that's the purpose that it's, it it has is a recent thing. Yeah, and, I've uh, always yeah. used it to start my campfires. It's quite useful for that reason. <laughs> it's... Yeah. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some film news case, please. I don't know if I can move on from that. No, that's, um, that's, diff- that's a difficult act got, to follow. I've got a few things to talk about. So, <laughs> cool. uh, Wonder Woman has now uh, passed Batman v Superman to become the highest-grossing DCEU movie. It's not surprising. Not it's really not surprising, surprising. I'm... Completely so, saying that Wonder Woman has surpassed Batman v Superman in is, anything is is pretty much an easy easy buy. Really, it's an isn't easy it? win, but yeah. it's, it's worth talking about anyway because it's great. Have you have you you've not seen it? Have you? I have seen it. Oh, you have. Admittedly, it was um, not legit. It, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> less paid than legit. Put it so less than yeah. legit. Um, which kind of took away from. The whole kind of experience, really. I couldn't really get into it. That's fair. Uh, fair. Well, well, I'm sure you can watch it in in more yeah. legit means. I, I'd like to. In, in I'd like course. to. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did notice: there wasn't too much overhype. Uh, whereas Batman versus Superman, a oh, lot God. of people expected yeah. big things, and they didn't get it. So I'm not surprised, really. I think they undersold it from their uh, from their marketing. Definitely. Really, and that's not going to happen for the sequel. No, no. I think mm. with the sequel, it's going to have all the. Press, but do you think they'll go? Do you think they'll go full Winter Soldier for the sequel, or and just like you what, know, modern, modern day and and contemporise it, or do you just well, do Patty another Jenkins period piece that in a different time? She's period. got an idea for a period, so I would suggest, but it's not yeah. modern day. Okay, um, and I'd, I'd be cool with it being another period. Oh, oh, Wonder Woman in the sixties, height of the free sexual boom. I want a similar kind of film to Winter Soldier. I want like an espionage kind of a yeah. kind of a deal. I want Felix Faust. That's yeah. what I want. I, I want Gods and Monsters Felix and, and who do you want to play Felix Faust? Jo- John Reese davis who a couple hours ago I actually thought was dead. So. And he's not. He's alive. We've got confirmation. He's, he's alive. alive. And both of us have met him. I didn't realise I think that should be a segment on the show where... Because we, we unfortunately talk but, about a lot of people that have died. Uh, so we should just say... segment. Who's not dead? Yeah. Who is alive? Who is alive this week? Who is alive this week? Sadly, still Russell Brand. <laughs> yes. And Miles Teller. It, it was like the Nevermind Buzzcocks, Mark Lamar thing, where it's just... Tragically still with us. Yeah. <laughs> Elton John is still we, here. Do we do... We do that on the uh, on the memorial bit every year, don't we? Do we have Shia LaBeouf? No, I think we do. Yeah. Do you know what his name translates to? What Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Afraid of being naked. No, it uh, translates to uh, <laughs> praise be to the beef. Really? really? Yeah. Okay. Praise wow. be to the beef. Yeah. Oh, wow. do you know what I discovered? Right. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing I discovered uh, this last week. Right. Is it more interesting than that? Because that's over the course of his career, right, which consists of 91 titles, right. 
including an upcoming TV series called Rain, Keanu Reeves has played a character, and this is including sequels. Yes, right, I know this. Right, in terms of unique characters, Keanu Reeves has played a character named John nine times. Now, when you factor in sequels and spin-offs as well, in which he has appeared, this accounts for exactly 20%, well, not exactly, but roughly 20% of his entire body of work. That's a lot of Johns. That's a lot of Johns. Now, bear in mind, I'm including Jonathan's in that, but not Jack's. Because he's played a couple of Jacks. He's played a couple of Jacks, Now, yeah. Jack, in certain countries, is a shortening Short of Jonathan's, that so it me. could that's, actually that's be more. That's like a Hank Henry thing. What it really like irritates me. The end really? credits for Stargate, the movie, do credit Kurt Russell as Jonathan Jack O'Neill. Hmm. So I've always wondered, in certain countries it applies, in certain countries it it's doesn't. Odd. If hmm. you factor in Jack as well, it's more than 20%. But uh, can you name most of those those Johns? Well, one of them is John Rains from the series Rains, which comes out later this Fair. year. Uh, obviously, John Wick. John Wick, yeah. One and two. Uh-huh. Does he play John in uh, Chain Reaction? No, no, I checked that name. No, doesn't know that was, that was the first one that I went yeah, to. I know, I thought that, because no one knows who you uh, played. Uh, Johnny Utah, obviously. Johnny Utah, So, yeah, Greg, yeah. so that's free. Yeah. Um, okay, there's, there's a really easy one you've forgotten. Right. Don't, don't IMDB Speed? it. Speed? No, it's Jack. Speeds oh, Jack. is that Jack? Yeah, it's Jack Travis. Jack Traven, I think his name was. Right. Jonathan Harker in Brad yeah. Stoker's Dracula. Of course, yeah. John Constantine, you forgot. I was about to say that. Yeah. Wait, on... He was in Dracula. Yeah. Wait, he Brad was in Stoker's Dracula, yeah. Yeah. He's He literally says, Whoa. At one point. Um, yeah. yeah. The whole point he is in that is because he was young and hot. Yeah, yeah, it was totally it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Fans Cobble was literally like, we need a young hot guy. Johnny Mnemonic. That's what, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love Johnny Mnemonic as well. If, if, I, if I say The Matrix, can you guess the next one? He, he, he plays a character named John in The Matrix. You, you Neo? No. No, what? Neo is not his name. John Anderson oh. is his name. Oh, that's, that's a bit of a trick on me. I thought not really. Not really, because he said there Mr. Is a Anderson. Mass, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Anderson is what he's constantly referred to by the villain. I think if you ask most... Like, if I was doing a quiz or something and I'd ask a question, I think a lot of people would say John. Yeah, I think there's another Jonathan somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, so there's nine I, in I total. I did have one in my head, but I was about to say him. Then I got... there, is, there are nine in total. I, I thought his parenthood character was named John. That's what I was thinking of. That's what I was going to no. say. Sadly not. Uh, that but, is one of my favourite films. Yeah. But bear in mind, in playing John Anderson uh, slash Neo, he appears in about five titles because he's in mm. all the Matrix movies and the video game and the animated spin-off as well. Mm, so yeah. so he's, that, that's, that counts for a good chunk of his, uh, you know, his uh, IMDb. Do you know what is a complete piece of film? Go on. Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. I really like that. What is wrong with you? I really like The Devil's Advocate. There is nothing wrong. I will I will sing the praises of The Devil's Advocate until the day I there die. There are I, several things wrong with it. I like, like The Devil's my Advocate. My ovaries, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> right. The end, my if, if I were ever a struggling uh, actor, my audition piece would be the, uh, the Al Pacino monologue. From uh, oh, is it the bit where he says "whoa"? <laughs> the Al Pacino monologue, the God likes yeah. to watch, is an absentee landlord. <laughs> I don't know what I do. I become uh, Frank's dad from uh, Scrooge. Five dollars <laughs> <Yeah>. a meal. <laughs> I'm only four. <laughs> My back hurts. I'm only four. <laughs> Get a job. Frankie Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Uh, uh, yeah. Right, I don't want to do a full review of it. We haven't got a clip anyway. Human What's Surge. No, 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 no. Human Surge, uh, which is really bad. <laughs> really bad. Right, it is an art film in, you know, art film with a capital F. 
It is a film that takes place in a third... Well, it seems to cut between a third-world factory and uh, the home life of some of its employees who have a lucrative online evening business in which they uh, perform acts of fellatio on webcam. And that is the movie... That is literally the movie. It, 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 I don't. I couldn't tell if it's a documentary or a scripted piece because it's never made particularly clear. I think uh, documentary because, yeah, um, it's really, really bad. It's not. It, it's staged so poorly, so uninterestingly. In fact, I tell you what, I did. I actually took the extreme and to load up my Dropbox on my phone. I went to the extreme of making sure that I kept a copy of the press notes for this one because they were genuinely more interesting than the actual film. And this is a film which gen- this is a film whose press notes genuinely include the term ethnofiction. So <laughs> when you when you've gone to that extreme, you know the film you're about to watch is a turkey. So yeah. Uh hang on, I've You access. can't even get any information from the film's I to be you won't be able to. He no, says no. Uh, a free country um, observation of the millennials in Argentina, right. Mozambique and the Philippines. Millennials, millennials, that's the thing, because they sold it to me as a millennial. Our intro was written before that. Can I can I just read you from these wonderful this wonderful single page of A4, which laughably counts as its brass notes. Right. Evoking aspects of ethnofiction, it meanders and maps out it really does meander. It meanders and maps out a physical and geographic network that is both in concert with and in contrast to our digital economy, structured in three parts with inventive relays between each section, one involving sex cams and another an equally mesmerising ant hole. The film thrusts us into the lives of mainly young men in disparate parts of the world who are bored by their jobs and I was bored by the film to be fair um, and seeking, I've lost the I'm seeking fulfilment elsewhere, I really did feel you're, you're yawning already, you're, you're actually that, yawning that yawn wasn't fake like, that no, was, that was a, a genuine yawn. That was a genuine yawn. Right, I was reading this paragraph here. I skipped four paragraphs to get to that. that it, there was more bilge. There was even more bilge before that. Right, it is awful. It <laughs> is... Gen- this, oh, just, just stay away. Just genuinely stay away. Should we talk about the Oscars? Talk let's, about the Oscars. Let's just move on. Yeah, talk about the Oscars, man. Yeah, yeah. This is your first time doing this, so whenever there's a point where I think that Van's either gone like bust an embolism or just have a heart attack. Something's gonna happen because he's been ranting. Yeah, I have a vein right there. That, yeah. yeah, he's he's got like one of those like bracelets, like emergency bracelet that says <laughs> okay. when when ranting about film, talk about something else. So we have made sure okay. the emergency call function on my Apple Watch is set up. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can literally just double tap a button and paramedics will come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Oscars. So yeah. um, they have invited uh, new members. They have to join yes. the Academy, uh, mm. namely seven hundred and seventy-four new members, and we're going to name them all right now. Ugh. Because we, we've got time for that. Right, this is the thing. Want. It's your own fault for listening to this. At the rate that they're including new members into the Academy, which I appreciate was done to address claims that they ignored diversity, but the rate yes. they're inducting new members... There's a lot. Can it not just be a thing where when you sign a contract to star in your first big film, you also sign the agreement to, to by default to join the Academy? It, it seems like it, because there are people like it, Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Yeah, it's like that idea that when you get your driver's license, you, become, you automatically become an organ donor. should be like that, where as soon as you start, sign to star in your first big film... You yeah. automatically become a member mm-hmm. of the academy as well, but uh, we'll, we'll go for Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, Aaron Taylor. My first, like, really, really. So the crap Quicksilver. He's, he's got a Golden Globe, I guess. Which oh. was the most. That, that was the weirdest part of Golden Globes this year. Yeah, yeah. You've got Mahershala Ali. Sat right there, being great. I know, I know. And then he won an Oscar, so it's all good. Ming Na Wen. Ming Na Wen's in there. You know when it is. Um, yeah, Don Glover, um, Adam Driver, 
uh, Army of the Hammer. Army, right. Um, Army Hammer has the ability to determine who wins Oscars. Now, just cons- <laughs> consider that for a moment. Army Hammer. I am going to give you a gentleman's bet Go on. right now that Army Hammer is nominated next year. Why? I will be betting £10. Isn't he in prison, though? Army Hammer? Yeah. Are you thinking of MC Hammer? No, after all that trouble... (laughs) No, he's actually a priest. Oh, he's a priest now. After all that trouble with uh, Whiplash and Iron Man at the Expo, he was outed, wasn't he? I just got it. Oh, God. (laughs) Really? Thank you, thank you. Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer. I can get it. Okay. That was really good. You had me going, you had me going. Totally. I understand what may be classified as a joke, I guess. Okay, okay. Hey, don't hate the player, man. Don't hate the player. It's, uh, it's, it's worth <laughs> trying terrible. to at least be entertaining. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You, know, hey, you don't come onto this podcast to be entertaining. <laughs> we don't do this to be entertaining. No, we've never no, been we, we do this to list 774 yeah. members. <laughs> no, um, Army Hammer's got a film called uh, Call Me By My Name. Uh, it's coming out next year. Um, um, that is getting a lot of buzz. Okay. Yeah. Really? Oh, sorry, uh, call me by your name. Call by, so this is like the buzz we had for uh, Birth of a Nation. That's like a long enough to think about it. Yeah, yeah. well, I, 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 <laughs> almost, forgettable. I almost said Beasts of No Nation. Did you? Yeah. Do you, but, uh, do you know who's in that? Idris? No. Yeah. Go on. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, 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 I confused it for a film with Kumanji Oh, okay. Oh, you think of Beast of the Southern, Southern Wild. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, loads of really good people that we do like. Uh, Amy Poehler, John Hamm, uh, Dwayne Verrock Johnson, because he's been in films. He's been in films. He's been yeah. in Oscar-nominated films. Moana. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. that win? That win best song? No. What won best song last year? Well, this year, sorry. City of Stars. City of Stars. Land. And then... Oh, yeah. Uh, animated film was... Why does that escape me? Because I feel like it's something really obvious. <laughs> Zootopia. Zootopia. Okay, of course. Yeah, but yeah lots of people will no, like. Lo- lots of good directors. Um, no, it is great though. Uh, Barry Jenkins, Jordan Peele. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, it's great. Have you watched My Life as a Quadrat now? Yes. Oh, you have? Did you well, love? I did. Of course I loved. Of course you loved. I feel like someone made me a film. How did you How did you not watch How did you watch that and not immediately text me gushing? That's a good point. Yeah. I'm shocked. That's you know why I didn't think you'd seen it. Yet, but I need to watch Go on. this year. Uh, Train to Busan. Train to, yes, Train I've to Busan is amazing. It's on, yeah. Is that on Amazon Prime? It now? is. Uh-oh. And coincidentally, I've got Amazon Prime this week. Excellent. Well, <laughs> so, you've, got fire, you've got a fire stick, you've got a PlayStation, you're good. Yeah, uh, former directors, uh, David McKenzie, amazing. Yeah. Uh, the Russos. The Russos. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. Amazing. Guy Ritchie. Uh, uh, oh, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hang on. So... You make King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Your boy. Then... Your boy, Charlie Hunnam, yeah. Yeah, th- then then you're okay to help determine who deserves an Oscar. No. Yeah. As does uh, director of uh, Academy Award winning film Suicide Squad, David Ayer. You're kidding me. Oh, oh my God. Writer's Branch is pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a pop-up on my MacBook. I've lost the page. Uh, Joss Whedon. Uh, oh, okay. Some, some, uh, Eric uh, Heiser, the guy that did uh, Arrival. Uh, yeah. t- uh, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. Oh, I'm a big fan of Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. Hang on, you mean... Lots Tony... people were like... So, hang on. There, there are cast members from Sons of Anarchy who are now members of the Academy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, Ron Perlman. Exactly. I suppose Ron Perlman made the list. Uh, uh, well, Warwick Davis is, so... Warwick Davis is on that list. That's mad. When was the last time you saw... I mean, he was well, in Rogue One, but... When did I last see Warwick Davis? In that re- weird reality series he did with Carl Pilkington. No, in a, in a film. Abroad, was, was he it? in... Um, There's one of the spin-offs. Life's too short. In a film? This is a film show. 
Was he in Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> I think he is. I think he is in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Riz Ahmed. Okay. So speaking of, this is a film show. Please, isn't Mahershala Ali joining True Detective? Um, allegedly, and allegedly. if so, that is great. That is it great. is. There's not been an official announcement, so he is in talks. Apparently, well, it um, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be his first TV show, would it? No, he's been in uh, Treme and obviously House of Cards and Luke Cage. Luke Cage. And for, the place I first saw him, where his name was literally double the length, was the Forty Four Hundred. <laughs> Can you remember what his full name is? Not at all. I know it was Mahershala. Was only the first half. Of yeah, his Mahershala first is the shortened part of his full first. Yeah. Name. Wow. It was, it's like Mahershala Albizaz. Something. something like Albizaz, yeah. yeah. Mahershala Albizaz, I think it was, something like that. But, mm. uh, and if, yeah, when when you watched the 4400, that, it was on the opening credits. This yeah. massively long name. And, it's yeah. Like Mike. It's, it's quick. <laughs> it's, it's to the point. Mike. Well, I, I was wondering if people call him, like, Herschel, for short. Hirsch. Hirsch. He does, Hirsch. He does Hirsch. Look like a Herschel. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's actually, he's a good sport in interviews, Mahershala, aren't he? It's yeah, actually a much, really yeah. good sport interviews. I was so happy when, when he won. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. I believe that I texted you as soon as it happened. I think you did, yes. Yeah. You did. At, like, three in the morning. Yeah, because I think I, yeah, I was in London at the time, asleep, waiting for <laughs> press shows to start. <laughs> but uh, I wanted you to know as soon as I did. <laughs> well, I, I woke up to that, so that I actually heard from you before I heard the actual results. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Uh, right, okay, I need to talk about a change in the weather. Which, I confess, I've not retained an awful lot of information. Quite a bland little uh, affair. It's an improvised film, would you believe? Uh, Improvised by its cast. It's a British film which is filmed largely in uh, the south of France. And it's not very good, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm getting bad impression. (laughs) It's not terribly good. It's one of those films that you just sit and think, actually, if you tightened this up, it could have been interesting. What it what it basically takes. What's it about? Right, it takes the form of uh, um, a couple who've been married for decades, who uh, they're developing a play and they're trying to get under the skin of their characters, and they've gone to their their vacation home in the south of France. They've taken their friends with them, and it's basically them just fleshing out this play, and at the same time coming to realizations about their personal life in the process. So relationships Mm -hmm. are formed relationships are killed off um, and this is the idea and it's really badly shot it is not awfully acted but the improvised nature of it really does show through because it's so scattershot so flimsy so frenetic uh, not in a good way not in a baby driver kind of way but just sort of a, an off the cuff thing that really has it loses its subtext and its 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 scope and spectacle due to the fact that really no one involved seems to have a goddamn clue what's going on half the time and you really feel it Hmm. and uh, in the words of Forrest Gump that's all I got to say about that so (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be great if I could end every review with that's all I have to say about that why don't we just get a clip that's it. Why don't we do that? Well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to end. I'm, I'm going to find like a mic dropping noise and end every review <laughs> with "ban out, boom." But yeah, so I don't know what else is in the news then. So I know you're excited about this. I'm excited uh, about a lot of things. Go on, Chris Dyer. Are you a fan of the film Deep Blue Sea? I was. <laughs> Yeah. It's oh, not aged well, but no. it's a guilty pleasure. Do you think it's ready that we have a straight-to-TV sequel to Deep Blue Sea? Oh, well, but I'm hoping it's called that. Deeper Blue Sea. Um, yeah, 
yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, you'll get for yeah, it. Yeah, there's always enough crap on TV. It's always nice to see more. Mm. But uh, I wonder if we'll get uh, Cool James back for it. Right. right. Here's an interesting thing about this. Right. The, apparently, it is, it's going to be it's gonna star Michael Beach, who's I'm not terribly familiar with, to be honest. Uh, although his name is Beach, and he's starring I was going to say, I feel like yeah. this is like Mark Webb. Deep Blue Spider-Man. Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> right. Um, so, so this is just going to basically be a rehash of the plot of the first one. It's going to be a scientist who's experimenting with bull sharks in this case. Okay. Uh, which I can't help but feel is... That ev- is complete bullshock. Yeah, that's it. When, yeah. You feel like when it's awful, that was utter bullshock. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, oh, this, this guy's in Sons of Grand. Oh, I know exactly who he is. Who is he? Michael. Oh, Michael Beach is yes. Colonel Ellis, isn't yeah. he, from Stargate? Yep. Yes, thank you. I, there we are. How did I forget that? Michael Beach is going to star in it. Yeah. So it's going to be he's a scientist experimenting on sharks. They get out. Chaos ensues. You know the usual. Yeah. Right. Here's where it gets interesting. Um, eight years ago, I don't know if you remember the, if you remember this. Eight years ago, uh, Warner Brothers were developing their own direct DVD Deep Blue Sea sequel, mm-hmm. which was going to centre around the idea of genetically enhanced sharks who happen to have machine guns and rocket launchers built into them. Wait, is this an Austin Powers spin-off? No, just this fishing, was yeah. something Warner Brothers were actually developing as Deep Blue Sea wow. Two, and it was going to go direct to DVD, and that never happened. And now we have this instead. Can I just say, I preferred the other idea. I preferred the sharks with frickin' laser beams on their head yeah, idea. How uh, are they firing yeah. water? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. well, I mean, be like that shot from <laughs> Alien Resurrection with the you know, the grenade launcher yeah. in the water. Kind of thing. Um, so someone uh, asked Michael Beach on Twitter uh, yeah. about uh, this, this upcoming scene. What were you thinking? Well, we've just said, you in the Deep Blue Sea sequel? Question mark. I mean, he said, David, I'm not allowed to say much, but I will tell you that people die by shark in this movie. <laughs> so need to... Wow. Look, all I'm saying is, if you, if you can't get Kanye to do a cover of, of Deepest Bluest Bracket Sharks Fin, um, yeah. then, then what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing it for? You know, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the only reason to ever revisit this. Yeah, it's what? just to, just to get a, a contemporary artist to what cover. What's the last film that Benny Harlan made? Oh, hang on. We, we, we reviewed it. We oh, reviewed we? it. We reviewed it, and it was did, awful. Did he do Hercules? He did the Calumnuts Hercules. He did the Calumnuts Hercules. I can't remember anything. But he did one, and I went ballistic about the fact that it was Rennie Harlan doing it because it was so unbelievably bad. Rennie oh, Harlan has done some of your favourite films. Rennie oh, Harlan okay. directed Cliffhanger. He directed Die Hard 2. Uh, you didn't actually look at him. He's- he did that John Knoxville Jack Chan film. Skip Trace. Skip Trace. Oh, man, yeah, I remember that. Hang on, what was the one he directed recently? It was The Legend of... Oh, it must have been The Legend of Hercules. Yeah, that is not good. That's not good. And then he directed Skip Chase with Johnny Knoxville and, and Jackie Cliffhanger is great, though. Cliffhanger is great. 12 Rounds with John Cena, big fan of that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mind Hunters, the unappreciated Mind Christian Hunters? Slater yeah. serial killer movie. Can't remember that one. Cut for Island. What a filmographer this guy. Of course, Benny Harlan directed Deep Blue Sea. So, yeah. Yeah. We forget that. Oh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. I kind of love that film. Yeah, yeah. That, that features my, my favourite moment that he saw something on TV that terrified him. So did I. It's called Baywatch Nights. But, oh, man. Oh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. With the... Uh... <laughs> Do you not remember that? That was... <laughs> that was the Andrew Dice Clay vehicle. But they tried <laughs> to genuinely make a star out of Andrew Dice Clay. Isn't... He's going to be in uh, Star is Born, isn't he? He is, yes. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah, Bradley Cooper was at uh, Glastonbury filming a scene for Star is Born. He got, oh. on, he got on stage just before Chris Christopherson 
did like a fake song kind of thing, and mm. uh, then introduced Chris Christopherson, who was in the uh, not the original, but one of the more famous versions. Uh, yes, he was in one of them, one. wasn't he? Was, was he in the Streisand version? The Streisand one. Yeah, he was in yeah. the Streisand version. Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Ugh. No, yeah. no, just no, I'm noises, not a fan of disapproving noises. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, are you looking forward to? Uh, this is up question, Buffy. Look forward to uh, Top Gun: Colon Maverick. No. 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 Not no. Really. It doesn't need to exist. Is I it? hope that people do call it Colon Maverick. Colon Maverick. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 an indigestion rebel. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> That's your tagline, right there. Yeah. I'm a digestive rebel. That's yeah. what that is. Um, that has a release date now, uh, 12th of July, 2019. Oh yeah. And uh, Joseph Kaczynski is going to be directing it. And I, I wish I could. That's official. I mean, that's the most exciting them. thing to me is Joseph Kaczynski is doing it. That's yeah, genuinely I, I, the most I do, exciting. I do like thing. him. Um, I enjoyed Oblivion and. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not feeling Tom Cruise right now. You, you know, you know who I uh, who I am quite excited for with this news though. Exactly. Jeremy Renner because I'm sure Jeremy Renner is just waiting <laughs> by the phone for the phone call where they cast <laughs> yeah. him as the sidekick for a potential threequel yeah, but, but of course Tom he, Cruise will then he, return he, he, for he will, he will get killed off yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's it he'll just, yeah. he'll just keep coming back and oh, you know and, and Tom Cruise will keep coming back and spoiling Jeremy Renner's fun because that's what happens yeah. but, we watched uh, the trailer for um, American Made today oh right we, yeah, I, I, I watched it the, yeah. the other week yeah, yeah. Um, why is he he's, just, he's constantly like Starring opposite ladies, but could be his daughter. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I call it living the dream, well, but of course. yeah, you know, most of them are taller than him anyway. So that's a good point. Well, look at Robert Downey Jr. The guy's fifty-two. So how, yeah. old, how old is uh, his wife in real life? His wife in real life, she's in her forties. Real life wife, Susan. Susan Downey. Susan Downey. I think she's in her forties, but uh, a lovely-looking woman. Yeah, and, uh, super smart as well. And super smart, yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. She uh, she evidently she she was in the industry before she met him. So she she was a producer, I think, before she met him. But, oh, in the news, uh, apparently the long-standing legal feud between Warner Brothers and the Tolkien Estate has come to an end. And how much money has the Warner? They've not said. Have not, They've so not said. But neither side has been has been made to to uh, pay costs. Huh. It's apparently a completely amicable agreement. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, this this keeps happening. You see, every time every time Warner Brothers do something the Tolkien's don't like, they they launch a lawsuit, and then the and then Warner Brothers launch their own countersuit in which they claim you know loss of earnings. And in this case, it was because they put out you know online games and things like that without asking the Tolkien estate. <laughs> and the Tolkien estate said, "No, this is against our agreement. You don't have the right to do this." And then the Warner Brothers sued them and said, "Well, now you're stopping us from making money from online games and things." So yeah, wow. And the last time this happened and they resolved it, we then got the Hobbit trilogy. So God knows what we're getting this time around. The Similian or something? Samarillion? Samarillion, yeah. I don't think we're actually going to get made. No, no, God, no. no. uh, Will Ferrell was asked about uh, sequels to his movies. Yes, and he's roundly said no. To everything except Step Brothers. He he wanted Step Brothers. If if any sequel were to be made, I think Step Brothers was on his personal list. uh, I don't know. It's it's good enough, I think you should leave it alone. I do think we need a sequel to Old School, though. I I I would like to see a old ten school. a fifteen years later version, you know, take that on old work, yeah, older that school, work. and because there were there were rumours when that film came out, there were rumours that we were going to get a sequel to Old School, and it was going to be about Spring Break, it was going to be about those yeah. guys going on Spring Break, but Old School ends in such a such a, an insular way that it closes off that story. And hmm. um, yeah, unless and, they're yeah. talking about you know a different frat group within the same. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to see more, more of those characters. Though. Yeah, I do. I mean, I never thought I'd, I don't. I never thought I'd say these words out loud, but I really think we need Vince Vaughn back. 
<laughs> Somewhere in the world, Vince Vaughn has just woken up. Look, Vince Vaughn's like, woken up. I need it. <laughs> Somewhere my fan base needs me. Yeah. <laughs> but, Assemble uh, the average Joes. Yeah. No, nobody yeah. has ever said the words, we need Vince Vaughn back. Vince Vaughn's parents, when he left home, never ever considered saying the words, we need Vince Vaughn back. Do you know that Vince Vaughn's siblings, their first names also start with a V? Victor, I'm guessing, is one? I think they're all girls, so it's like Veronica and Veronica Vicky and... Oh, yeah, fair enough. that kind of thing. Okay, um, the midwife, which is the last last review all of this week. Yes. So the midwife <laughs> uh, from yes, French, French writer director Martin Provost uh, stars uh, uh, Catherine Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve is the former mistress um, of of a deceased character who isn't in the story anymore, who comes back into the life of his daughter, who happens to be a midwife. So it's not just a clever title. And uh, you said about loads today. I really did. Yeah. Didn't I? Like last week, it was just everything was. It's not just a clever, <laughs> just clever title. title. We used a lot of self-explanatory titles last mm. week. You know, like the man. And you know, yes. a day a day in the life of Steve. <laughs> what all this is about? <laughs> literally twelve hours with Steve. You know? <laughs> but the idea is, Catherine Deneuve has discovered she has a terminal illness. She tries to reconnect with the, her former lover's daughter, and uh, meanwhile, the, the former lover's daughter, the titular midwife, is uh, made redundant from her uh, her position. Is forced to consider having a job at a baby factory, as she calls it, which is like a state-of-the-art, 4,000-at-a-time birthing hospital. And she pursues a relationship with a man she meets working on the allotment next door to hers. Does this sound uninteresting? Well, I was already reading Exactly, yeah, yeah. It is, it is pretty uninteresting, to be honest. Um, the two performances in the lead, they, they, they do work. They, they are quite, quite compelling. However, the material is so flimsy and so disconnected. There's about four storylines going off at once. Not one has anything to do with the other. What was your favourite? What was my favourite? Yeah. Uh, re- really, the love story between allotment owners. <laughs> wow. Right? There, there's a sentence you don't hear every day. Yeah, that, that is a romance for you. I, li- I like that allotment rom-com. <laughs> 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 Rom-dram, as it were. Speaking of which, I saw a film, uh, Hampstead, the other day. Did you? Which, like, that is a... Yeah, that is... Was anyone cruising on the Heath? Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson was cruising on the Heath, was he? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Did you like it? Was, it? it was okay. Well, it was an E1 movie, so we didn't get to the pressure. Yeah. But, uh, have you heard they're altering the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Yes, because people got annoyed. People, well, I think people are more annoyed now that they're altering it. Yeah. Like, because it's disrespectful to history and the attitudes of the times, because apparently it, it's wrong to remove references to wenches and the purchasing yeah. of women. So it, 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 it happened. happened. It happened. Yeah. yeah. It happened. Denying yeah. history, it's. Just yeah, let's let's go and ask the Germans how denying history works out. What else have we got this week then? I'm out. You're out. I'm out. There's nothing else then. It's been a boring week. <laughs> it's been a pretty dull it's, week. It's been. I feel like there's stuff left over from the end of last week that we just haven't covered. But no, I'm... we were we were pretty conclusive. Last okay, week, I'm pulling it? I'm pulling up the list, and all I'm getting is uh, you know reviews slating uh, all eyes on me. Oh, Tyler Perry's gonna play Oscar Michelle. In a oh, movie yeah. he's producing but not directing. Who is Oscar Michaud? Oscar Michaud was a uh, black... He's the first major black director who used to make films with all black casts. And we are talking about way back when, when this wasn't allowed. So oh. he had to work outside the system. It's going to be an HBO film. That's going to be an HBO film. It's going to be an HBO film. That might actually be... It's really strange. Tyler Perry actually can be really good when he's not in a Tyler Perry film. He can. Can I ask, Bob, because we haven't discussed it, did you watch the Jumanji trailer? 
Yes, I have. Did did yes. you did you hate it all of it? Because I I didn't mind it. I I was kind of okay with it. First time I watched it, I was really not on board, and I still hate that title. I don't think we need the Welcome to the Jungle <laughs> subtitle. We don't. We don't. Well, hasn't Dwayne the Rock Johnson already been in a film called Welcome? To Only the in this country. Oh, this country, it was called The Rundown. The Rundown, yeah. Well, actually, no, it's, it's Welcome to the Jungle everywhere outside of the United States. Only yes. in the United States is called The Rundown. I don't know why it's... Um, maybe it was just like, I'm going to say that for when I reboot yeah. a 90s film everyone loves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sure um, I'm sure that was the exact thing he was thinking. Yeah, so like, like I said, first time I saw it, I wasn't particularly sold on it. Second time I watched it, I watched the international trailer and that had more things. That had more Karen Gillan, did it? Uh, uh, more Reese Darby. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know who's in it. So, yeah. Bushman, man, the Bush, Bushman. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I am on board for it, but tentatively. Okay. Um, so before we close, then, right, because this is my favourite story of the last week. So, Tom Holland did an interview because he's doing a few of those at the minute. He's got that indie film out. Have you heard? Oh, uh, Phil, <laughs> Phil Spiderman. Phil Spiderman. Yeah, yeah. Pete Spiderman. Pete Spiderman. Sorry. Pete Spiderman. Pete Spiderman. <laughs> uh, right. So he's doing uh, promotion for his uh, indie movie, Pete Spiderman's Return Home, and. Um, but apparently he has a real problem with secrecy. Yes. Right. <laughs> apparently, if you hand him any piece of information, he is unable to keep it to himself. He will just blurt it out to the first person. See. So when he turned up to film uh, Avengers Infinity War, they only gave him the pages he was on. Purposefully <laughs> because he keeps going to in- into interviews and then spilling the beans. So he, he is new at this, Rob. He, he's, yes, new at this. Yes. he's new at he's this. He's excited. Yeah, he is excited. Do you know what? If I were 20 years yeah. old and I looked like Tom Holland and I had the money he must have gotten for Spider-Man and I was Spider-Man, mm. I'd, yes. I'd be pretty excited as yeah. well. I'd, he's, I'd also he's, he's I'd be life. jumping around, I'd climbing be, on yeah. the walls. It'd be brilliant. Oh, I'd, I'd be aroused 24 hours a day. I really would. Watched by the situation you find yourself in. Just by the situation I was in. I'd just yeah. be, you know, pitching a tent the whole time. But uh, <laughs> You won't be able to wear the suit. Because... <laughs> It'd be a, be a very different Spider-Man. Yeah, it would. Very different, very uh, R-rated Spider-Man. But, uh... and, and MC, you aren't doing R-rated films. <laughs> you aren't doing R-rated films? I'd be screwed. But uh, apparently, he did an interview in which he told I said, oh, yeah, what well, I really want to do next, I want to do one of those Marvel one-shots with Paul Rudd yes. as Ant-Man. Because, so, you know, because Kevin Feige's bringing us back. Oops, I wasn't supposed to say that. And you sit there and go, wow. oh, okay, yeah, this is this is going to be really fun having him as Spider-Man. This yeah. is going to be amazing, no pun intended. But uh, it, it's going to be great having him. It's going to be spectacular having yeah. him as Spider-Man. It's going to be the ultimate. It's going to be the ultimate, yeah, yeah the ultimate. Uh, poor Kevin Feige. It's, it's like we said last week, every time something like this happens, we just need to play the Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> totally the case. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Tom Holland, it looks like he's going to be very fun to listen to. I mean, if, get, we all need to get him on Twitter, because that's apparently where all our MC you new news yeah. coming from and yeah him and the horse's mouth for this Amy Pascal oh god yeah because I, I can't wait Amy Pascal she's the gift that keeps on giving because you know this week we're in the same reality we're in the comic universe well no the comic universe was last week it's since changed to, on now. they're in the same, same reality. reality yeah which is basically like saying that Wayne's World and Citizen Kane are in the same reality she said um, they were adjunct oh, that, that one got shot down that, with, ago, that got yeah. shot down with comic universe didn't it yeah and yeah, who who knows? I feel I feel like how is she still in the job? I, I I don't know. I really don't know. Legacy. Well, it's, it's not like she's descended from Louis Pascal or anything. Well, <laughs> that's she's true. That we know of. Bit of a step down. Louis Pascal's descendant is you know the chick who produces Spider Man. <laughs> really doing the family name proud there. 
<laughs> rather than going into the next pioneering medical field. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, so come on, cue us up. Here it is, your moment of cage. With this bourbon, I ha- haven't had bourbon in a while. Um, scotch, we pulled out the oh, scotch for scotch? you. Oh, scotch, okay, so there you go. I haven't had bourbon in a while.